We all know that cars mean traffic, errands, and budgets. But they should also represent freedom and fun. Join us as we work to find everyone a car they'll love. I'm Paul. I'm Todd. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. For better or worse, I coined a term yesterday. Oh, and no. you're you're still trying to figure oh, out if no. it's okay or not. But I have I'm to talk to about it. I'm trying to decide if I like it or not. I have to talk about it because I have this Lancer. This is Lancer lessons. You've heard Lotus lessons. This is now Lancer lessons. It's all L all the time. Yeah, I don't know. I should stop anyway. But but so I have this Lancer, and there's I'm trying to figure out its history. I'm trying to figure out what did you do to the car? What did you have done to the car? Because I don't have access to the owner. It was a trade in. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Clearly, because of things like the aftermarket sunroof and other things, they and, and the exhaust, they spent money on the car and they liked the car. And it was in good shape when they traded it in. It's not like it needed a bunch of stuff. Right, right. But there's things about it I don't like, specifically the exhaust. The exhaust is just loud. Can I just put it out there for everyone? If Well, continue, because well, I, I think you need to put it out, actually, to, uh, to I, our I listeners. Will, I will mention it again. But, but I have coined yeah. a term for what I'm doing. I am trying to kind of uh, deconstruct the car's history without actually having the information, comparing it to information about, about used ones and new ones and what are the parts available for this car. I have coined the term. It's called carchaeology. You're a carchaeologist. I am now a carchaeologist. You need yeah. to have more grease on your face and yeah. dirty well, hands. Well, I'm not a mechanic. <laughs> because in spite of the Indiana in. Jones perception of archaeologists, this is not really what archaeologists do. I don't, I don't have a hat and a whip, or in the case of well, archaeology, they have the little I'm, brush I'm not, and they brush the dust off the thing. Yeah, and that's 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 not, it that's not adventurous. Photograph. That's not. Yeah, exactly. So I, I don't have you know dirt under my fingernails and grease on my hands because I was in the actually in the garage. I'm looking up things. <laughs> I am researching. It is archaeology, folks. And and I have to say, I have to replace this exhaust. It's. It's fine when you're driving hard and you're in that mood, but it's if you're on the freeway, it just it it. it I don't think anything about it sounds great, honestly. Okay. It makes the car sound boomy and not sporty. It's not tight. It's just it's very loose and and just boomy. It, it doesn't it, sound have that tight car sound when you're running along on the freeway at, for a period of time. It's just painful. Yeah. It, maybe and that maybe that's just me. Maybe it's just me. I damaged my ears enough working in the film industry for a decade. So uh, listening to, to theater levels when I'm only person in the theater. Don't Holy do that, cow. by the way. Holy so uh, so I don't need more uh, more pain in the ears. So I'm going to replace this exhaust. I figured out that the exhaust has been replaced from the cat back. It's the whole underside of the exhaust. This Crazy. is what my archaeology has concluded. <laughs> at first, I thought I could change the muffler. I can't. So if you're out there with a Lancer Rally Art or know someone who has one that would like a non-stock exhaust, I'm happy to do trades. If you happen to live <laughs> down the street from one that got wrecked, I hey, look, I'm looking. I'm looking for the entire exhaust from the cat back for a Lancer Rally Art. And wouldn't you know it? Unbelievable. It's actually piped differently than the Evo. So I can't just go buy an Evo uh, exhaust. Of course it is. Of course it is. Yeah, they've got different size diffs and support struts. And right, so, so they had to snake around it they differently. They piped it differently. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. All right. Well, yes. Send your exhaust to to Todd. <laughs> send your exhaust. If you know anybody with an exhaust. Now accepting your exhaust. Yeah. <laughs> We've got a couple of great debates, and we're back to doing a live debate. We are. Our Very first cool. debate here is from Matt. He is formerly in New York City. Manhattan, in fact. Yeah. He has moved, and he hasn't owned a car in 10 years, because when you live in Manhattan, why would you own a car? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But he's getting back into it. He's got coworkers who are really starting to influence him. So we're going to get on the phone with him and debate his story live. And we've also got Daniel. He's in New York State. And we're going to debate some winter beaters for him. So that'll be after the break. We also have many, many questions that we will try to cover. There's a lot going on in this podcast. But we we should dive right in and jump on the phone with Matt. Matt, thanks for jumping on with us. Really appreciate it. Your email stuck out after having not owned a car for 10 years. Yeah. I, I don't think we talk to too many people who haven't owned a car, and you're a car enthusiast, though, and you're kind of getting back into it. So explain what made you, well, you've moved, obviously, where do you live now? And then getting back into the car enthusiast thing, what's on your mind? What struck you? Sure. So back in 2009, I gave away uh, all my furniture, sold my car, I think it was a Honda Civic, and moved up to New York City, lived in, in Manhattan, where obviously uh, owning a car is fairly impractical and uh, just, you know, career changes and whatnot have brought me to, to uh, Baltimore uh, where I've been living since January. Um, I've been tying up loose ends in New York city uh, just to kind of make sure that I'm situated there. And, uh, and now I'm looking to get settled here and, and buy a car. Cool, cool, cool. So you th- you say you think it was a Honda Civic you had, it's been so long ago, you're not even <laughs> exactly. sure. It's been so long. It was, so like, yeah, I mean, it was, I, I believe it was a Honda Civic, but it wasn't a Honda Civic, it was a Corolla, one okay. or the other. Okay. 
Corolla, Civic, aren't they in the giant mixing bowl of sameness? <laughs> I, I, aren't they I would, all together in there? I would always take a Civic over a Corolla. I would, too, actually. I had actually. to make the call. That would be the far better way to go. But here's too. the thing. So you're shopping now for the first time in 10 years. I mean, do you, have you already narrowed down, or are you just looking at the market kind of for the first – let me put it another way. For the past 10 years, have you been lusting after certain cars? So I would say no. I, I, I really started looking hard earlier this year whenever I moved down. And, okay. you know, again, I guess the – the cars that I've been looking at tend to be sort of your smaller city car types, you know, think like, uh, you know, Volkswagen Golf, okay. um, cars like cars of that, that class. So what, what do you need this car to do? I mean, it sounds like obviously you're interested in, in being excited about cars again, but what do you need it to do? Fit into tight spaces, be fairly nondescript. You don't want to, I don't think you want a car that stands out too much on the streets of Baltimore. So, and be a little bit fun, a little bit fast and, uh, and fun to drive around. I mean, I, I do a lot of photography. I like traveling around. Okay. Um, okay. I'm looking forward to, to using this car to, you know, drive west to the mountains and east to the, to the coast and, and, uh, and enjoy those, those road trips. Okay. Well, Matt, I have to corroborate something before I ask you your budget. Is it true the, the trendsetters everywhere say that in New York you're judged by your handbag and your shoes that you wear and in Los Angeles, it's all about the car you drive and the sunglasses you have on. Is that true? Uh, yes, I would say that that's partially true. I would I would add watches to the, to the New York scene. Most of my oh. uh, colleagues enjoy talking about their, their fancy watches. Oh, in Baltimore, really? ha- in Baltimore, however, it's it's definitely a car culture. I mean, like my okay. my coworkers love love talking about cars, and uh, I think listening to, to your show and. And kind of doing my own research, I've, I've been able to kind of keep up with some of those guys, even though I've been out of the game for 10 years. Okay. Very hey, cool. Good glad we can help and, and infect you with this disease that's bothering all of us. You did <laughs> say that you're looking for mostly a fun car, a little bit of practicality. You said you don't have kids to worry about or someone else in your life or a pet or any of those things that are always like, well, I have to work around this. So you don't have any of that. So it's mostly fun. Sounds like photography trips, road trips, but we, we can stay small and enjoyable, it sounds like, which is great. Absolutely. All right. Okay. So your budget, where are you? I'm looking based on your email here, what you sent. It was about 30 grand or so because you mentioned you're open to used and especially CPO, but you are leaning towards new. So that made me think, well, are we going up to 50, 45, 40? Yeah, that's a good question. Where are you at right now? Sure. If I had to put a number on it, just kind of you know, throwing darts, I'd say about 75. Oh. Even more than I was expecting. Everything everything changes suddenly. I'm like, what wait a, a minute, hang on. <laughs> did did the new job and the relocation actually influence this? Then, uh, nah, I would say no. I mean, like in fact, like you know, like really, you know, I, I'm I'm looking to be like on the on the lower end of of I'd, I'd say like you know like thirty forty k would probably be ideal, which is one okay. of the reasons okay. why like you know I mentioned a golf earlier. I mean, it sort of fits the right price point. Nondescript, I think, is is kind of a good thing. You know, like a a sleeper car is right at my alley. You start talking about you know more expensive cars than uh than say seventy five eighty thousand, and you're and you're 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 getting into a, just a different class of vehicle. I think. Sure. Sure. Okay. Very cool. Okay. Right. So, what are these people that you your new car enthusiast friends? What are they driving? I mean, what are they into the muscle car thing? Are they into the European performance? What's going on? And it sounds like they're influencing you. It sounds like they might have thrown out some suggestions here. They they sure have. So uh, I've got uh, a couple Golf GTI uh, co-workers. I've got a Porsche Macan co-worker. Another co-worker's got an Audi. Actually, he has a couple Audis. So there's a lot of German cars in my office. I'll put it that way. Um, but yeah, they're, they're they're definitely influencing me. I mean, if uh, you know, Paul's uh, you know reputation is to uh, bust people's budgets, and my my coworkers are are trying to do the same thing for for me. I think it's all always happens. Okay, always feels happens. good. Yeah, I'm not alone sure. then. That's good. <laughs> well, but, but as we always say, people give you give you a budget, and then when they write back with the car they bought, they spent ten grand more. So I I, I it actually why happened you do it. recently yeah. with uh, uh, arguments. Casey wrote in. Casey just yeah. wrote back and said. By the way, my budget increased. Everything changed. I bought far above the budget. But that's okay. <laughs> what the that, heck, that, man? That, that's the fun, though. So, okay, I, I see the Golf R is working for you. I'm going to ask this question, and of course, I'm the perfect person to ask this question. Uh, why sure. Why are we doing sleeper car? Why Why is that important? I mean, I, I, I really, I, I actually wonder are you about it in the city, invisible standpoint. in the city, doesn't why, get broken into, that kind of thing? I, I guess that maybe that's the reason, but I, there's a part of it. Granted, look, I drive a Skittle of a, of a Lotus, okay? I don't worry about people <laughs> noticing. But are we, 
is it just your personal preference or do you have a larger concern, be it crime, be it something like that, that makes you go, this has to be subtle or is it just your interests? It's, it's part personality. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of a low, low, low key kind of guy, but also, I mean, you know, I, you know, if there's, if I have like a, a really precious, uh, you know, car, if I, if I was in really Baltimore or anywhere, if I had to park it outside on the street overnight, I just think I'd, I'd worry about it all the time and, okay. and I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't get as much out of it. Okay. All right. Okay. You've also requested all-wheel drive. Theoretically, you think that'd be better off, and you've said all-wheel drive and roof-mounted trunk lids are a plus. I think that's hysterical. So uh, all-wheel <laughs> drive hatches are your preference, which I think is great. Uh, I am going to say, look, I'm going to go wild card real quick because you're, you've got sure. some money to spend. I'm going to come back to reality, but you've got some money to spend. You, you don't have to worry about here's all of the stuff that goes in this. You think all-wheel drive would be a plus. You don't want to stand out too much, which I'm breaking a little bit with this, but I'm going to go okay. there anyway. Why not shop a 997-911 4S? Holy moly. Because with forty five grand, you can get a nice one, but it's not a brand new Porsche. It's, it's, on the, it's on the back end of its appreciation. If you want to go really, you don't have to be special. Ooh. Go the generation prior, the unloved 996, but I don't think that interior is nice enough. But I'm just thinking, yeah. and I'm, look, I'm not the Porsche guy, but I'm just saying if you buy a gunmetal gray, which I would never buy in a million years, but I'm recommending it to you, <laughs> sir. If you buy a gunmetal gray 911 4S, it's all-wheel drive. It's not flashy, crazy Todd, look at me. But it's still a 911. <laughs> and if you buy it for 35 well, I, I, I know flashy. I like it. I know who I am. Yes, look at my hair. Anyway, but, but so you have that. And then, yes, some people are going to be like, you bought a 911, but on the other end of the spectrum, you don't have to be like, this is an $80,000 brand new car. It has to be precious. You can just drive that car. Hmm. Liking it. I'm liking that 911 recommendation. Would that fit in your group? So Porsches are very interesting. I mean, I don't know if it's if it's just me, but like, I mean, I, first of all, I love Porsches. I think they look fantastic, but like I always stop and look at a Porsche, right? I mean, they, they're very eye-catching. And so I, I'm not sure if it quite fits the, uh, the, 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 the subtle, the subtle car at really at any price, but it's, <laughs> it is, it is an interesting choice and, and I'll definitely consider it. You kind of don't want to drive a Porsche because you're kind of afraid to like it. Is that what you're saying? Almost, almost. I mean, it, it, again, it just, it, it's so eye catching to me. Uh, my, my concern is that it's eye-catching to other people as well, I in guess, a negative way. Yeah, and like I said, mm -hmm. the, the, I, and I do get that. I mean, I said this, this little speech to my wife when we got her a Cayenne. I said, be careful, mm -hmm. because now you're a 40s-aged woman in a black Cayenne. So there are people that are sure. just going to assume that you were the jerk in the situation just because you're that. So I was like, I, I, I totally hear you. Porsches <laughs> do have a perception, and people see them, and they think, whatever they think as a result. They could think great things. They could think bad things. Mm -hmm. It's that mm -hmm. badge more than even is the individual car. But I just, I still say you're, you're kind of having a reawakening as a car guy and you've been interested in the brand. I can understand the, but what if I like it? But I also say to you on the other side, because we peddle this disease. What if you do though? <laughs> we distribute the disease? We do. We do. Yeah. It, it's very contagious. <laughs> of it, apparently. Yes. I mean, I, look, I, I, that's why I'm putting it in wildcard territory. Because when you tell me you're thinking subtle, I understand. You've bought a Porsche. That badge alone isn't subtle. That's the problem with it. The badge alone isn't. It's conspicuous. But I'm just thinking if you, it, it, there's, there's also different ways to rock a Porsche. I know this sounds crazy, and I'm not the Porsche guy, but honestly, I was just at Cars Please, and Coffee, and this happened it. again. There's a guy locally that has a every time you see it is wrapped a different color GT3 with straight pipes. Now, Matt, this, right, this right. honestly is the <laughs> loudest public road car I have ever come across. And he likes to rev leaving cars and copy, coffee, which then your ears ring for like five minutes. That, that, that you can rock a Porsche 911 that way, where all it is is look at me. Right. But then you can Because the car be, itself wasn't flashy enough. Exactly. And now it's got straight really? pipes and look, it's lime today. <laughs> I bet this happens every time I see exactly. this car. Okay. Yeah. So there is that way to do it. But there also is the way, and I don't mean this to sound tacky, but there's the doctor or dentist or you know lawyer way to have a Porsche 911 or or executives in Hollywood where you drive a black one or a silver one <laughs> and it isn't it yeah. isn't done up with crazy wheels or whatever it's just car and you drive it like a car but you mm. have the money to afford it so there's those two spectrums and, and and the Porsche lineup embraces that somewhat so that's why I put it I know it's flashier than you're thinking and I do acknowledge that but I'm just thinking since it's a car you already kind of are intrigued by there's a part of me that goes 
take a look and see. Uh, but I have I have more down to earth stuff. I'm going to love your golf R idea for the for the moment because that is what we're talking about. That is a car that is faster than you think. It is genuinely fun to drive, and if you get it in an innocuous color, talk about blending. It's just golf. Mm-hmm. Oh, I could see that. I, I like that. I I wasn't initially thinking Porsche based on the subtle nature that he was alluding to. That's I mean, why I, I said love wild the card. idea. That's why I, like, of course I you. Do. That's why I say wild card for sure. But you know, yeah, have it wrapped or whatever in a very subtle different kind of color well it's still gonna stand out there are tons of people with silver and gray porsche 911s out there and i that... still notice them though is my... well that's I my suppose. problem i guess I suppose. yeah all right all right well i had a list going for you matt of cars i thought i could go to but your budget changed on me quite dramatically <laughs> And I have changed and revised things as we've been talking here. And I thought, okay, you mentioned that TTS RS, GLA, AMG 45, like that. Mm-hmm. However, as small four-door invisible cars go, okay. Audi just came out with another one, as a matter of fact. <laughs> <laughs> Audi, the invisible four-door.com. Keep going. You're, you're going to be a blur, and you can get it in a subtle color. It also comes in red if you want to, you know, have the balance between nice four-door sedan, and it's also a rocket ship. Yeah. It is the 2018 RS3, my friend. Well, but, but it's not like the 2017 RS3 was bad. Well, no, but they brought the RS3 out uh, over to North America, so we finally have it here. <laughs> well, okay, fair. Five-cylinder, 400-horsepower, all-wheel drive. Like I said, rocket ship. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're aware, Matt, but you can tell everybody that the front tire width (laughs) is actually wider than the back tires. Audi went after handling, so there's a little piece of information here you can share. Your Audi guys at work might already know this. Your your coworkers. That's stuff to bore your coworkers with. It's fantastic. They they will probably already know that, but you can dice it up. You You can talk, you know, all this kind of stuff with them and say, look, you know, it's no longer the nose heavy Audis that we've been used to that have, you know, kind of destroyed the handling. I'm wondering if. This is a sleeper. Everybody's going to think, oh, what a cute car. By the way, nobody, don't ever tell a guy that his car is cute. I've had that happen. <laughs> happened all the time with me in the Mini. Happened all of the time. When I had the 928, I had a lady come up to me and say, man, your car is cute. I, I don't know what to do. <laughs> not what we're going for, but I, but I take your point. <laughs> it wasn't, yeah. Yeah, not what I was shooting for. But I'm looking at the RS3. I'm, I'm reading specs again. Quattro. I'm I'm wondering if this could be at least worthy of a test drive. Go to your Audi dealer. Brand new. They start at fifty four nine. Mm-hmm. So we're well under your budget. I'm saving you money. <laughs> Thank sure. you. <laughs> sure you are. Here I am, I well think, under your budget. I think that's a, I, actually I think I think that's a great option. Uh, it, it's it has been discussed in the office. It's 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 one of the uh, it's one of the one of the top choices for me by some of my some of my coworkers, and I'm definitely. Uh, Definitely planning on checking that one out. I mean, if you go, obviously, RS3 is is the super most hair on fire version. Even the S3. I mean, the, the thing S3 about the great. thing about the S3 versus the Golf R, and I've talked about this before. It's really a question of packaging. Now, I think when you buy new, I'm not as much a fan of the S3 because I don't understand why it's ten grand more than the Golf R, and it's essentially the same running gear. But used, they level out quickly. Like a year That's or a two old, the That's S3 is pretty much Golf R money. And so it's a question about do you want the, the hot-looking little sedan or do you want the hatch? Now, you've mentioned your proclivity is kind of the hatch, but I think that mm-hmm. it is it is worth cross-shopping those two. I mean, the place we're at with you, Matt, candidly, let's be honest, you need to go drive some stuff. And yeah. I'm going to put that, that sure. early 2000s, mid-2000s, 911 firmly on your to-drive list because – I would love for you, and, and and look, I'm not the Porsche guy, but I think it does work for you. I, I think you need to get in some stuff and let it affect you. And that that's the Golf R, mm-hmm. and that's the S3. Mm-hmm. Now, they're going to drive very similarly. But drive the 911. Drive the GLA AMG 45. It is a crazy hatch. It is the, the grown-up uh, version of the hot hatch world. It but is, drive which it is for great. sure. yeah. And that is a surprisingly subtle car. You mentioned it already, but it's a surprisingly subtle car because the people that know what it is go, oh, that's really cool. And everybody else has no idea, doesn't even care. You bought a little Mercedes SUV <laughs> as far as they're concerned. They don't know you bought the gentleman's hot hatch, which is what makes that great. 
And I keep coming back to this car because at first, as you were talking, I thought, oh, can we go first generation Audi R8? Oh, no, you want subtle. That car's not subtle. <laughs> you can't go. Honestly, that does make the 911 subtle. The R8 next to the 911, no one's looking at the 911. Yeah. But you could. I mean, I'd have to blow up your $75,000 budget just a tiny bit. If you go 80, though, 85, <laughs> you could get yourself an R8. And then it would be a throwdown like... You know, you're back. I've been away for 10 years, everybody. I'm back. <laughs> I went and bought a Throw car. Down. Yeah, that's funny. Hello. I mean, I'm looking at a 2009 R8 4.2 with a V8 77.9. I'm just saying. <laughs> I thought I was way out in the weeds that's with my line 11 suggestions. 16,000 miles. Well, it is the automatic, so you're going to want to search for the manual, unless you want the automatic. But oh, no. black with a silver side blade, 77.9, a skosh over 75. What? <laughs> Uh, Matt, I'm going to give you two other ideas that are not they're not quite. I, I, Paul, thank you, Paul, because you made me look sane, which, is, which, for is, hard, which is tempting and difficult to do. Uh, but I'm going to give you two others I think you should drive that I think, honestly, Matt, they may be too hardcore for you. But in this world of what we're shopping, I want you to drive them because I want you to figure out how aggressive and how much fun focus do I want. Okay. The balance between because the two. Because the problem, right. and, and, and uh, problem's too strong a word, but the problem with the Golf R and the, and the, uh, the Audi S3 is they're not actual all-wheel drive systems all the time. They're the Haldex system. So they're a front-wheel drive car that throws power to the rear when things get weird. Okay, So I'd kind of like you to mm-hmm. have a genuine, dedicated, performance all-wheel drive. All right? I like that GLA for that. I think you'd thoroughly enjoy that. Mm-hmm. But sure. while you're shopping... Go find a black or gray Focus RS. Ooh. The bright blue one okay. stands out all the time. For your budget, you could buy two of them. Well, but 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 here's the thing, though. Just just go buy one as it exists right now. Go buy a one-year-old used one. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. there's two things to think about with the RS. Buy a black or gray one, and they blend. There was a black one at Cars and Coffee this weekend, and was it, you didn't know what it was. It's just that little blue RS badge in the corner. If you don't know what it is, you don't care. It's just a black Enthusiasts search for that. They see something like that, and you go, is it an ST? Oh, it's an RS. So it's very cool. Since this is your fun car, I think that the stiff, naturally stiff suspension may not be an issue. Because if you were going to say, mm-hmm. I'm going to commute in this all the time, I'm taking huge road trips, I drive on terrible roads, I'd mm-hmm. go, hmm, maybe not the RS. But it's a car for fun. And that car, that's where it shines the best. It is more fun than the Golf R is. It does have drift mode in case you want to In case you get really bored. Direction. And, or in case your coworkers want to have a fun lunch break. That works, too. That's driving so, again. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Look out. Matt's back, and he's only doing circles. It's exactly. awesome. So it is more fun than the Golf R, but it isn't as kind of I commute every day as the Golf R. So you have to kind of figure out where am I as a driver. So drive the, drive the Focus RS, and then I'm going to go there. It's not a hatch, but I think it's more subtle than most people realize. The Evo 10, but get the MR... Mm. which does not have the wing. And the MR, one of my problems with it is that the MR generally comes in that kind of gray-silver, which is not the thing for me. But as a result, that car, unless you either know exactly what it is or you're, you may as well have a blind spot. I'm with you on that, but you'd have to go a fully loaded, as new as you can get. Absolutely. And it's kind of be, a... be willing to spend the money, even though I'm, I'm next on the interior, even at that price point. It's, it's not, even if you pay it's not a car you buy for interior. It's, it's not, not the Audis no. or the Golf Rs no, that you're definitely not. thinking definitely about. Not. So I'm, I'm mixed on but, that. But this is on my Matt's to drive list, though. I can see that. That's why. Yeah. Because if you yeah. want a little, fun, uh, all-wheel drive car, that's way up there on the list. Mm-hmm. And I'll say mm-hmm. this to you. If we're talking fun all-wheel drive, and we're not going to go hatch, you could never buy a GTR and blend. But you could buy an Evo MR and blend. Because that car sitting at, sitting at a light, nobody knows what that is. Does it blend? I knew you were going there. But anyway, so, so that's on my, t- my, my drive list Low for you. I'm going to run through it real quick here, Matt. My drive list for you is, I know I'm in wildcard territory, but drive... Go find yourself a gray 911. First time I've ever said gray 911 as a recommendation. But anyway, that GLA AMG 45 I love. Golf R for sure or uh, Audi S3 if you want to go go sedan. Uh, Focus RS in a black or gray and that Evo MR. That's a good five list. That's excellent. I'm going to add two more. One's crazy and don't take me seriously. But one is, and that is a 2017 M3 that I just found for 68.9 in Yas Marina Blue. So it is the... <laughs> Four-door sedan <laughs> we're not, in we're, a yeah, we're really not eye-catching color. Love it. That's a perfect Just, car for me if I was buying a sedan. Right. Yeah. I, I, I'm mixed about that. And then on one of my favorite sites, the Marshall Goldman, that Aston Martin, Rapide. Oh, no. Are you back to that? It's back for $78,900. <laughs> 
stop it with the repeat. Rocking what? Oh man! I mean, it's rocking that thing. Yeah, nobody blends it in, in that car either. They sit there and try to figure what it is. Yeah, <laughs> I am serious about the M3. That has got to be on your list as well. But just not in that color. I love that color, but well, that, that is a that is an eye catching color. You could paint a trash can that color, and people would turn their heads. <laughs> You've done excellent on your drive list. I just think the, the MR is going to be a benchmark, and then. Maybe he'll like it. Maybe he'll like it. it here's the thing: the Evo's only only a candidate because we're talking about a drive a fun car. Yeah, yeah. If, if if you were telling me you had a big commute every day, Matt, it wouldn't even make my list. But but I I what I want you to do is I want you to drive a series of cars and drive them in a short short time period. Don't like drive one a week and, and try to drive a group of them in a in a pretty short period of time because I bet you, and I hope this for you, you're going to get three or four blocks away from when you move the car and think. I love this. Uh-huh. I want you to find that car, that car that just for whatever reason, you don't even have to, to be able to define it initially, but you've just barely started driving it, and you already think, I really like this. And if you weren't leaning all-wheel drive, I'd go even crazier, but I want you to drive some stuff just to find the car that says that to you because then at that point, I'm going to really ask you to stretch yourself and go, am I worried about what anybody else thinks, or do I just want to have this car I like? Mm. And and that's a personal question, sure, I but can that is that. the question. But I, I like the homework that Todd's giving you, Matt, because you're getting back into it, and you're going to experience a very wide range of technology that has come about in the last decade, mm-hmm. and it's going to surprise you. Honestly, I think it'll be it'll be a good benchmark, and then you can come away saying, "Uh huh, I drove that car. I appreciate it for what it is. Yeah. Didn't do it for me for this, this, and this reason. Yeah, sure, perfectly sure. fine. Sure, but sure. at least you drove it." Mm-hmm. That's great advice, guys. And as far as like technology differences go over the last ten years, I still get pretty excited about backup cameras. So, so yeah, this will be uh, this will definitely be an experience. <laughs> well, you may be the perfect buyer for the Evo because it was actually made ten years ago. You may think this is pretty cutting edge. Who knows? Hey, my 2015 Cayman doesn't even have a backup camera. So well, yes, that that uh, yeah. grinds you all. It's the time, not just yeah. you. It, they they charge extra because they wrap it in leather or something for something. <laughs> but know. but I will say to you, Matt, if you get excited, I had this conversation with somebody recently who said to me that they had a backup camera on their new car and they never turn around anymore. And I went, stop that right now. Oh, yeah. Please do not just rely only on the backup camera. Yeah. They just, they, they, never, they never turn around. They never look over their shoulder. I'm like, don't do that. Yeah, no, it is not a replacement. <laughs> it is an in addition to. It's, it's great for tight parking spaces, and it's a godsend when you parallel park. Mm-hmm. But this whole idea of I'm in a parking space, I'm going to put it in reverse and stare at my dash and just come back, how long till you hit somebody? <laughs> Coming back. Here it comes. Anyway. Great advice, guys. I really appreciate it. Well, happy hunting and uh, enjoy Baltimore. I hope you really get out and sure. uh, go seek some driving roads. There's a lot of great ones on the East Coast, especially probably not too far from you, as a matter of fact. Excellent. Thank you. And I have I have one other question for you, Matt. I'm purely curious. Have you ever done any performance driving instruction, ever done any real performance-focused driving? I, I haven't, and I would like to very much. Okay. All right. Well, I'm going to say two things to you. You may have somebody at your office that already does this, but but ask around about local autocrossing. I mean, it's literally just mm. it's Saturday afternoon in a parking lot. We put some cones out. I'm not talking go find your local track. Maybe that happens down the line, but I'm just saying whatever car you get into, mm. I really recommend you go autocross it. Just pick – even if you never do it again, just do it once mm. because oh, what, what I feel like surprises people – when they get in a modern car with modern tires, is how capable. Look, buy yourself a base Corolla or a Civic. Still much more capable than I think a lot of people realize. Finding the edges of modern cars, they're way out there. So the when you edge go find, of a Corolla, yeah, the edge of a Corolla is, is right as it goes over the cliff. <laughs> right. Anyway, there's that. But but honestly, honestly, find a local autocross group that just sets up cones in a parking lot. Whenever you get this car, whatever it is, go out and just drive it. Make the tires squeal theoretically run over a couple of cones i mean do it do it really push hard and try to find the edges to realize this car is really cool and i think it will also educate you as a driver you haven't been driving for 10 years you haven't seen technology for 10 years i think you need that experience because driving around on the road you're not going to get it but if you roll over some cones in a parking lot sideways it doesn't break anything so i really recommend that to you good advice thank you if you've got your own live car debate you think would be worthy like matt has Please write to us, everydaydrivertv at gmail.com or everydaydriver.com. You can find us under the About tab and the Contact button right there. Matt, really appreciate it. Thanks for being on with us. Thanks. Thank you. This time of year, you get excited about Halloween. You want all horror and mystery stuff, and Podcast One has you covered. You're going to love all the thrilling shows that Podcast One has to offer. 
Get ready for chills with some of the best crime and mystery shows around, like Beyond the Darkness, Serial Killer Podcast, Cold Case Files, Murder Made Me Famous, The First Degree, and so many more. Check out all these thrilling shows with Halloween themes today on Podcast One or wherever you find podcasts. Here's some useful car tips you might not be aware of. A coffee filter and a little bit of olive oil can clean your interior. Removing excess weight from your car will improve gas mileage. And you can place your key fob to your chin to increase its range. It's kind of weird, right? Well, here's another tip you might also not know about. TrueCar also helps people get used cars. That's right. TrueCar isn't just for buying new cars. With their certified dealer network and nationwide inventory of nearly 1 million used cars, you'll enjoy real pricing on actual inventory and a simpler buying experience, whether you buy new or used. And with TrueCar, users can see what others paid. You know, so you'll know if you're getting a good deal before you buy. They're also more likely to enjoy a faster buying experience by connecting with True Car certified dealers. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, check out True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Some features are not available in all states. Hey, we've got to talk about Amsoil. You know why we like Amsoil? Because they're a bunch of car people. They're gearheads. They're into all kinds of power sports and cars, and they get it. Amsoil has created a guide to increasing horsepower in your vehicle. It's insider tips from some of the best in the business on coaxing more power out of your engine. You can get your copy for free at amsoil.com driver. Plus, you can learn how the Amsoil Signature Series synthetic motor oil delivers 75% more engine protection against horsepower loss and wear than is required by the industry standard. So don't forget, go to amsoil.com slash driver to get your free insider's guide to increasing horsepower. GEICO presents eyewitness interviews with inanimate objects. This is Brian Bruno live on the scene of a recent windstorm here to describe the event, a chest of drawers. There's a storm howling outside, so I thought I'd stay in and watch a rom-com. Five minutes into the flick, a tree branch slams through the window. Were you hurt? (laughs) I just got a scratch on my chest. Your chest of drawers can't help you in a windstorm, but the GEICO Insurance Agency can help you get covered for personal property damage. Call GEICO to see how affordable homeowners insurance can be. We're back with Daniel in New York State to debate winter beaters. He has recently picked up his first fun manual car since he learned to drive a Peugeot 206 back in 02. Mm-hmm. He's British, now living in New York State. He's got an 04 Mazda Speed Miata with just under 40,000 miles on the odometer, and he said it is near perfect condition. Those cars are interesting because you can get them for a song now, but the, a lot of the guys that owned them didn't really drive them much, and they don't have very many miles. And it is the rare, it is the Mazda Miata with the turbo. So yeah, it's really right. great. The problem I have with that car, and it is only a personal problem, Daniel, is clearly you fit in it. Because my problem is the NB, that's the second-gen Miata they're that's tiny. made on. That's the one I fit in the worst, but it's the one with the turbo. Well, they're not K cars. Just that's true. Saying. Wait till you see me fit in a K car. It's like, yeah, uh-huh. It's like Goliath in a hammock. It's not good. Yeah. <laughs> I don't anyway, want to see that at yeah, all. Yeah, it's all bad. So there's that. But you have this Mazda Speed Miata, and you say that it's perfect. And, and as much as you love driving it, and you're kind of thinking, do I get the whole thing wrapped, and do I just put some winter tires on it and drive it all winter, you're kind of coming to the conclusion of, I really don't want to do that, which gets us shopping for a winter car. Yeah. He said cheap wheels, some winter tires, and he could, but he says the car is pristine, and New York heavily salts its roads during mm-hmm. the long winters. We also know about salt on the roads, <clears throat> living in the Great Salt Lake area. Yeah, they don't have to go far. There's, there's plenty of they, salt here. They've yeah. got some. Now, he'd hate to get any sort of corrosion going because, of course, once you do, it's really hard to stop. Yeah. And you don't know where it's forming. So yeah, I for get sure. that. He's at 600 feet above sea level. I think we're about 6,000 feet above sea we level. We are. We're 6,500, yeah. Yeah. And his semi-regular commute is just three miles to a train station five feet above sea level. So essentially, it's one big hill. We're going down Long, hill the sloping. entire time. And this evening, we're going to have to go uphill the entire time, which makes him think, you know what? Just to defend, let's get a winter car that's got some all-wheel drive. Now, his budget is different than Matt's. He is topping us out at 12 grand. Well, 10 grand for Todd, 12 grand for Paul. <laughs> Interesting. I like that I'm always, you know, get a little bit more. Squeeze. Yes. Squeeze a little bit more. And, th- and then you ask for three or four grand more. And then people write back in having spent 10 grand more. This is really the pattern that happens on this show. <laughs> so keep that in mind. And also his wife has a Subaru Outback, which is their quote unquote truck. Mm-hmm. So this is the do it all. He's looking for something compact 
automatic. His wife doesn't yet drive a manual, and sometimes he needs to take the outback. Sure. So this Which is are the, the size of semis you know, now? I mean, of course, that's well, your family yeah. truck. They've, got, they've gotten they, huge, they by have, the way. actually. Yeah. So he's been looking so far at a Volkswagen Golf, Golf GTI, Fiat 500 Bart, and mm-hmm. possibly a Mini. Minis have proven themselves as great winter yes, cars. it could be a good winter car. We know there's one mm-hmm. in North Carolina, as a matter of fact. There is, fact. yes. Congrats, Getting ready Evan. for winter. Well, yes, I, I'm thinking automatic, and I'm I'm... On the road to choices, I start with some initial things that pop into my mind, Daniel, and then I back off to that, and then I incorporate the budget again. So there's really no formula for how we decide to do this. (laughs) But I actually think that these cars that I'm going to suggest for you will be interesting and fun, low insurance cost, Mm -hmm. and you're not going to worry about them. Mm -hmm. And I saved you money. Ooh. I'm in a money-saving mode over here. Look at you. That's impressive. We actually had a question recently. Actually, it was an email that came in. There was a question recently that said, it would be cool sometimes if we would kind of walk you guys through our headspace. You do a good job of that a lot of times, Paul. A lot of times I just come and go, here's my list. So I want to walk you through where I got to one of my choices because you're going to think it's All an right. obvious choice when I get there, but you'll understand the progression of how I got there. Here's the thing. 10 to 12 grand, all-wheel drive. I'm starting there. And, of course, when you say all-wheel drive, you instantly go, well, let's look at Subarus. Let's mm-hmm. look at another Subaru. What about True. a WRX since your True. wife has the Outback? But the problem is that, A, I don't want you in an actual Subaru product, and, B, the WRXs that you want are probably fifteen grand and up because those hang on to their value. The ones you want, yeah. But yeah. you know what doesn't? I'm going to go there. Saab 92X, 05 or 06. Get the Arrow. That is the turbo one. You can get them in automatic. They aren't as fun in automatic, but you can get them in automatic. And here's the good thing for you. The automatic ones are even cheaper. Because the manuals True. have a bit of a price bump. The manuals are selling between seven and ten grand. Yes, True. I look every now and then. They sell between seven and ten grand depending on their condition. Okay? You can probably find a turbo, get any say arrow on the back, a turbo automatic. <laughs> you get an arrow badge free for, with your turbo. Exactly. For about seven grand. Okay, hmm. six Can or you, seven have grand. they dropped that much now? So so if you find one of those, it's it, it's a Subaru WRX under the skin, but it looks better. Hmm. Nobody's going to know what it is, but you spent seven, eight grand on it. You don't need to be precious about it at all. It's just going to work. You can put Subaru parts on it. It's all-wheel drive, which leads me to my side rant for a second. Okay. All right. Um, you're not going to be surprised, Daniel, but I'm going to say it. Three things. Tires. Tires. And tires. I don't care what you buy. Pretty Go much. buy some full-on winter tires. You don't need studs unless this entire hill is an ice sheet, but I doubt that's the case. So get yourself some dedicated winter tires for whatever it is you buy. That will make those front-wheel drive cars much more viable. If you're going to get all-wheel drive, I'm still going to say winter tires. But I can put you in a Saab, Aero, a Saab 92X Arrow for under your budget. Hmm. And I think that car, it needs to be a winter car. It would just run, and I think you'd enjoy it. Hmm. Oh, I like that. I like that. I could, I could see the uh, the sub coming. But yeah. you know what? They're great. Yeah, but but once we're shopping, once you shop those Subarus, you can undercut that budget and find those. Daniel, the first car that popped in my head was the '05 to '07 Mazda Speed Six. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Now it doesn't check a couple of the boxes because I had to go back and reread your email. Mm. It was only in a manual transmission. It did not come in an automatic. And of course it's mm-hmm. not all wheel drive, even though there's a lot to love the about Mazda this speed car. six was, it's, was the six all wheel yes. drive. Yes. The Mazda speed six was all wheel drive with friend, my friend, the Mazda speed three that shared the engine was not, which is I why I think it's a moment it of genius on your part. Front. No, it's, it's a front-biased all-wheel drive system. Well, there we go. Is. Even better. Well done. Okay. It's the, the manual is your problem there. The but manual is done the sticking it with the all-wheel drive. Well done. Because I, I reread your email, and, and you said it's got to be an automatic, and so I backed off of that. But a Mazda Speed 6, 06, 2006, mm-hmm. can be had for $8,000 with only 122,000 miles on that. That's good. It's just going to run. It's really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I moved on from there thinking, okay, what else could I go for? And I found you. I'm going way back now. Way, way back. Okay. But again, keep in mind what I said. Low insurance cost, and you're not going to worry about it. Mm-hmm. It's what you want for your winter beater. Right? I found sure. you a 1992 Whoa. Honda Prelude SI Whoa. for $6,000. You went way back. And it only has 43,000 miles on it. And yes, it's no an automatic. No one drove that. No one drove that. It's in red. It's perfect shape. Top shape. Six okay. grand. Okay. I cut your budget in half. Well, the one you gave me. <laughs> the Paul budget. Now it's an automatic. Well done. Now, I also found you in 1990, which I actually is the prior body style. I like that one just a little bit better, a little bit boxier. I found that also a Prelude SI for seven grand with only 125,000 miles on. 
Hondas from that era, even now they do, but Hondas from that era just seem to turn 300,000 miles commuting. Yeah. No problem. Yeah. They just mm-hmm. ran. But a 92 with only 43,000 on it, it's a brand new car for it six is. grand. It is, yeah. And you can genuinely feel, all right, don't worry about it. Something happens. Who cares? I paid six grand. I paid half of what I was looking for. Mm-hmm. Save that money for tires. But then I came across this. Now, the automatic versus manual transmission is going to be tricky, but you could find it. I think it is the fifth generation Toyota Celica built from 89 to 93. You're way back. I did. All right. Keep going. Told you. I I found a 91 Toyota Celica GTS with 40,000 miles for 10.9. Small, kind of lightweight, fun to drive. Kind of harkens back to Toyota's really, well, cool era. We'll see about the new Supra when <laughs> the it comes. Toyota I'm cool reserving era. my, that is even funny. though there is the, the 86, I know that. But I'm just saying, you know, when they were really building and competing against Hondas and, you know, the sure, fun, sure, fun yeah. sports cars. So if you can find an all-track turbo, yes, I say go for that. Mm-hmm. But... This GTS, fun. I liked that fifth generation body style, honestly. And again, the insurance is going to plummet on these cars mm. and they're going to run. Mm. So I'm, I'm saying go way back, early 90s here to find something, save your money, get the tires, get good ones. You've got to get winter tires. You've got That's what on the Lancer now? You run on the Michelins, I'm right? Mich- run the Michelin X-Ice. I'm going to try them, the X-Ice 3. Did you consider the Nokian tires, uh, or were they even available? The, I actually couldn't get them at the time that I wanted them, but uh, the, there's a price premium there, too. I was wondering about and those. And I, I really want to try them, but I just wanted to put something on the on the Lancer that I could get right away, and so they had the Michelin X Ice, and I was like, you know what? I, I love the Blizzaks. Put the Blizzaks on multiple yeah, cars. Yeah, proven. Highly sure. recommend those. For sure. Everyone I know that runs the Hacapolita, which is just fun to say. Everyone I know that's run those It's my password for everything, by the those way. tires. But I just thought, you know what? I want to try the Michelin, so I've got personal experience. We've mm-hmm. heard uh, mixed things. Some people love them. Some people do not. So I'm very curious to try them. I also know that the X-Ice 3 is supposed to be a little bit better than, than past gens. So we'll see what, they, what they're like. Well, again, you said heavy salt on the roads and a car, hey, corrosion starts. Who cares? Yeah. The car's just going to run. Well, I've got, I've got another one that I, that I landed on that I think might be perfect for you. Okay. I, I, again, I like that 92X. I see your look. First gen mini, you can get the nicest R fifty three. That's the generation I had. I'm getting into chassis codes. You can get the nicest one on the <laughs> Just planet. Long as you don't for do 10 Nissan grand. engine codes. Yeah, exactly. That is a dark hole. Of- it is. We'll never. We'll never recover. The, <laughs> yeah. the Fiat five hundred Abarth. I think you would enjoy that too. I. I don't know that about as a winter car, but look, you put tires on anything, it'd yeah. be fine. Yeah. I personally would rather go. This is just me. All wheel drive or rear wheel drive in the winter. Front wheel drive works. I mm-hmm. don't have a problem mm-hmm. with it. So look, the I, I like your Fiat 500, the Golf GTI. I see it. You mentioned the R53 early Mini. You get the nicest one on the planet for that. I would recommend the R53 when they're supercharged because they went turbocharged. They got less reliable. Just keep that in, in in the back of your mind. But all of that made me go. This hang on. For this kind of money, you know what you can get? The GTI Alternative, the mm. early Audi A3 wagons. What year are we talking? Uh, I've got them in front of me, ranging between uh, 06 and looks like about 2010, all under 10 grand. What's the reliability like on those? Do we uh, know? It depends on your engine. They've got the six cylinder 3.2, and they've got the two liter turbo. You can get all wheel drive on either one. The two liter turbo has been their workhorse engine in everything forever. Mm-hmm. The six cylinder, I, that is the engine that was on some of the other Audis and sometimes wasn't the best. But I would look into like consumer reports and look into forums to figure out which is the best buy there. But look, it's the, it's the GTI alternative, but with all wheel drive. Mm-hmm. And I think you're going to like the interior even better. I think A3 wagon. Maybe the play here. Interesting. And just drive it. And if you got it for nine grand and it starts to rust, kind of who cares? <laughs> Honestly. And it's still going to be a nice place to be. It's not gonna, here's the problem with winter cars sometimes when you buy your winter car. And the 92X compared to the Audi is this way. The, the winter car is also kind of a suffer chamber as far as the interior is concerned. You know what I mean? <laughs> sure. It's just the interior you put sure. up with because you know it's going to get beat on. But if you buy yourself a $9,000 Audi A3, that's going to be a really nice interior that you still don't have to worry about, but still a nice place to be. Speaking of $9,000 Audis, <clears throat> okay. oh. before we started the podcast, I showed you the great irony of ironies. Yes. And in my search, Daniel, I came across two Audi S8s 
both for nine grand. This is the Volkswagen Phaeton. This is Paul's <laughs> version of the Volkswagen Phaeton. Ask him about cheap Audi S8s. Yeah. Frightening. Yeah, an 01 with 94,000 miles. It just happens to be here in Salt Lake, ready to go nine grand. Part of me wants and you I'm to go drive that. actually wondering. I think you should seriously. go drive it. I really do. I found another black one, 07 in Costa Mesa with 83,000 miles on it for nine grand. We, we aren't just bad influences on all of you listening. We're bad influences on each other. $9,000. Audi S8. I know. Are but, you kidding me? By the me? way, this is not a car we're recommending for you, Daniel. It's just it's a splinter in Paul's brain right now because he just went, I know you've looked at cheap Phaetons, but what about this? And I, I could not stop laughing irony? when he first showed me because it was just like, yeah, why don't you wind up in an S8 that's cheap and we'll see how long that lasts. Anyway. Ski rack, aluminum body. It would be, look. A I, money pit for suspension work. Exactly. And exactly. maintenance. Let's do a I bought an old used yeah. S8 and see what that costs. <laughs> that would be a long-term series that I would even watch. <laughs> You know what? I'm going to stay clear of it. Are you I just going to stand back gonna, and watch the You're going to buy the car. You're going to do the shooting. You're going to even edit it. I'm just going to watch awesome. that one. That's all you, buddy. You're just going to yeah. watch and enjoy. There will be surprises. Guaranteed will be. if you buy one of those There will be surprises cars. for you. But I'm anyway, still thinking about it. We're not recommending that for you, Daniel. Uh, Hopefully something that we did recommend was helpful, though. All right. We've got to get to questions over here. I'm, I'm looking. Wow. Fantastic questions again. Scrolling down here, I'm looking at uh, there's a question about a car that we would never get in. Mm, okay. Doesn't matter what it is. I'm looking for it here. Oh, Tristan K on Instagram. Do we have any cars that we outright refuse so much just to get in, let alone drive? Okay. For any reason. All right. I can think of a few. You have answers on this. Go. The Pontiac Aztec is up there. Okay. I don't even want to be seen in one of those. Okay. If you drive an Aztec, I'm sorry. I don't want to be in that car. It's funny. I don't know that I even have anything on this list. I'm just like, sure, why not? PT but, Cruiser, Chevy HHR. I've I've <sighs> driven a PT Cruiser, and it was abhorrent. Honestly, it was. I don't it want was to be awful. in that car. It was awful. I don't care if they've got Hellcat motors in them or not. I don't care. Yeah. I just I don't want to be in that car. Uh, I was I was thinking initially the the IROC Trans Am, even though I was in love with it, like the '84. Even though I was in love with it as a kid, yeah. but I, I just that don't IROC know. That IROC Camaro version or the Trans Am version of the Firebird, I actually owned a car from that era, so I certainly have been in that car. Yeah. And the Ford Mustang II from the 70s, never. <laughs> See? Never, I would ever, climb ever, in it ever. just for the laugh. I would climb in it to be like, what is it? There's really nothing on that list for me, but I do have one that, that baffled me for a the minute. The decade of the 70s? No, nothing in there? I, let, let's climb in all decade? of it just so I can at least say, I mean, like, come on, AMC Pacer, let's get in it. You know, I just, I want to nice. at least go, really, this happened? But Kelvin had a great question on Facebook that I read it and I went, what on earth? And then I then I was struck with a bolt of lightning of inspiration and went, I know the answer. Mm, Kelvin okay. wrote it on Facebook and he said, What's the most unreliable car in the world that is also the most reliable car in the world? And I went, mm. what? And then I landed on it. You know what it is? Okay. I don't. It's the Range Rover. Oh. This is a car that anytime you talk about it in the modern time, it's always like, if you're going to buy a Land Rover product, be careful because it might not run and it's going to be expensive to fix and blah, blah, blah. It's but all of then, them. It's not but, just one. It's all of them. Exactly. But then you contrast that with the fact that if somebody's going through deepest, darkest, I don't know where, what are they in? They're a Land Rover product. And it just seems to defy all logic and run. Like Mongolia? Yes. Yeah. How, how Brazil. Is, yeah. How is one car in both camps? I mean, look, the Toyota pickup doesn't work because, look, it runs in the random cities and it also runs in the backwoods, okay, with guns mounted to it in the middle of Africa. I mean, the, the Toyota pickup just runs. It does. But the Range Rover, you apparently can't keep it out of the shop if you live in a city area, but if you're in the middle of the deepest, darkest jungle, your Range Rover is like saving people's lives. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know how it does that. It's bizarre. They have the to camel me. trophy, and they just go forever. It's bizarre to me. I don't know what they're doing. Coated in dirt. Maybe they build different ones. When you say I'm taking this, maybe you check a box about taking this to desert. <laughs> these ones are for North America. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I don't Send know. But there you go, off. Kelvin. That's my answer. By the way, there's a 42 pound weight hanging behind each door on the 06 Discovery Sport to balance the car. Why it's not? A block of metal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They they needed to balance the car, and they hung weight back there. Yeah, why not? It, it, this yeah. is the salt. Road-hugging weight. Yep. All right. There's a car. Car. A question from Mikey, Mikey, Mikey. Any hot tips for long-term indoor winter storage, since we're thinking about that and discussing winter beaters? Mm -hmm. Tire cradles. Yes, you do that for the sure. The little cup your tires, keep the flat spot away. There's many brands, but the kind that 
you just you don't have to worry that your tires are going to have a flat spot and therefore kind of three-sided tires when you pull it out in the spring. I just don't worry. But but you do have those. I will admit they're cool. They're very cool, but it's just a, it's a bridge too far for me. I yeah. don't know that you need to have the battery thing. Honestly, I actually fire my car up if not yeah, outright drive it. Even I if it's too. 20 degrees and the roads are clear, I'll drive the car mm-hmm. on the summer tires because the roads are clear. Yeah, yeah. I'll still drive it, but just to get the oil and the fluids and everything running, mm-hmm. I'll I'll start it up rather than just let it sit with the battery trickle charger. I yeah. mean, depends, you could, it depends on how your car sits. I mean, if your the car is great. If your car is going to be a, a car that doesn't is known to not have problems for sitting for a bit, you might have to worry about it. That relates actually to on Instagram, SCLA fan 86 wrote in and said, "What temperature do we have to take off or do we normally take off our summer tires?" Oh. I want to speak to that real quick. Yeah. Cuz we're right at that, we're right on that cusp. That's very mm-hmm. Very current mm-hmm. right now to where I am because I've got the Lancer. I just put it on winters, but my wife, I have the two the two sets, and she's still on her summer tires. Okay, for the Cayenne, and so I start looking at the temps because, of course, it it varies wildly all fall. Okay, when I see that the temps are are in this area where they are now, which is it's about freezing when you get up in the morning, but it's going to be sixty five today. The summers are staying on. Sure. But when that sure. shifts, where when you wake up in the morning, it's 15, 20 degrees, and it's not going to get above 50, that's the time for winners. And I start, I've tried to put them on a week or so ahead of that madness. Now, of course, we always have the cold snap we did early October when all of you came in for the meetup. But but there's always <laughs> right, that cold snap right. that then bounces a bit. But I'm talking, it typically for us is late October. It's like Halloween, early November time is the prime time when that temperature shifts, and, and it's just not going to get much above about 50. That's the time when those winter tires need to be on. We've been told by our favorite tire shop here in Park City, Cox Tire and Auto, shout out to them, that 45 degrees and warmer is when you don't want to be on those winter tires. Anything over 45 degrees Fahrenheit. So anything under there is what? That's what they've told me. They're just kind of going by that. You're just wearing through them faster. That's the thing that happens. I've seen winter tires in the middle of the summer, and I look over, and I've seen Blizzaks on... You know, Audi, Quattro's. I'm Seriously. Going, what on earth are you doing? It's 90 you're just wasting today. your money. <laughs> you're, you're driving on I soup. I mean, the tires are doing great. Yeah. You're just wasting your money because yeah. you're chewing through them, and it's evident. All right. Well, there's a question over here, too, from Jeff H. If British Top Gear is going back to more British, who would we put alongside Matt LeBlanc for a new U.S. Top Gear? His vote is for Tanner and Rutledge. Can we have him? <laughs> Sorry. I have to say it. I- <laughs> Interesting. I'm actually going for a female. Uh, my vote is Katie Osborne. She is a host on Velocity. She's been doing a lot of car auctions, and uh, yeah, I, I kind of dig her. She's pretty cool. I think uh, she'd be a great host. She's very knowledgeable mm. about cars, and uh, definitely interesting to uh, to hear on camera. So that's cool. I'm going for her. All I'm, right, I'm going for female. You like blondes? Sorry. Uh, anyway, uh, what <laughs> is that uh, obvious? <laughs> Michael Garrett asked a question on Facebook. Said. What do we classify as high mileage, like concerningly high mileage when buying a used car? Oh, I, I like some of the responses onto this, too. I actually didn't see many of the responses, I, did but you that's notice? funny. No, I didn't. If it's a Saturn, anything above 5,000 miles, <laughs> want to be careful. There is, there Easy is a, step in There here. is a category here for which car are we shopping for. But, you know, I mean, obviously, I bought the world's most high mileage Mini and then promptly gave it away. So there's that. <laughs> but, but here's the thing, Michael. I would say, in general, I start to – and I buy higher mileage cars than Paul does, clearly – but for me, in general, 100,000 miles, I start to wonder, but above 120, I typically don't shop because most sure, cars, most, sure. not all, most cars between 100 and 120, they just, they have a lot of things they need done. It's just worn out now. So when I'm looking at cars at that 120,000 mile range, I just start to ask questions about, okay, what's the list of stuff that the minute I buy this, it's going to have to be done, which is why it's currently cheap. Now, in the case of the 180 when I bought it, 180,000 mile mini, all of that stuff had been replaced by the prior owner. Mm-hmm. But 100 to 120, mm-hmm. I mean, most cars, if they have timing belts, if their transmissions have issues, this is the swath in which it happens. So that's the place where I'm always like, I don't know that I want to jump into that right now. Sure, I can see that. I'm looking for a question here, uh, actually from TF Burnout on Instagram, asking, do we have any cars that uh, we think could be cool safari builds? I'm looking at Toyota Supras. We're seeing it slammed. Mm, Okay. Race cars. Sure. How about the new Supra coming out? That could be kind of interesting, I feel like. Ovenbrello on uh, Twitter asked an interesting question that I actually experienced last year. For trucks and SUVs, are all-terrain tires acceptable in the winter, or should they be swapped for proper winter tires? I'm going to say winter tires, and I have two stories for that. One was driving to the Salt Lake Airport two or three years ago. It was a bad snow year. And I passed a guy in a uh, 
big lifted F-350 with the most aggressive tires you can imagine. He was sitting in the ditch, snow up to the do- to the mm-hmm. to the door poles, looking baffled as traffic went by. Why? Because he thought, well, these tires will be fine. Nope. And I went <laughs> rolling by in my rear wheel drive sports car with winter tires. Like bummer for you. Did you? That's honk? story one. I did not. Oh. That's story one. Story two. Last year we had the brand new Wrangler Rubicon. Oh, yeah, We right. had it in April, right. okay? That had all-terrain, go-anywhere that doesn't have pavement, and while you're on the pavement, you're fine, tires on it. And it snowed one of the mornings we had it. I have rarely been so accidentally sideways in a car as I was in a Wrangler of all things. Crazy. So, Sticky on the rocks of Moab. But yeah, it was great there. Not so, so much yeah, otherwise. I think you got to shop for proper tires, period. Fan W on Facebook is asking, a good car to Turo under 100 bucks a day in California for a two-week driving vacation on the West Coast. Hmm. Now, exclude a GTI, the BRZ, and the BMW M235i, the 240i. He's already done those. I'm going to say the new Honda Civic Type R, if you can find it. I wonder what the cost of those are. This I don't is going to require just a straight-up Turo search. I didn't go searching. Dates. Yeah, for sure. But I'm wondering, I don't know if somebody's even put it up there yet because, okay. you know, hard to find initially, and they're an enthusiast car. But we found Focus RSs. We found all kinds of yeah, enthusiast all kinds of stuff is cars. All, the, LA, the LA list is, is I'm deep. wondering if you could find a Civic Type hmm. R and go experience that. Very different front-wheel drive only. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Delightful, different than any of these other cars that you've driven on there. I think you're going to be surprised. Hmm, I like that. Jay Doherty asked a uh, 9-11 question, and I know you probably want to field it, but it's also a kid question as well, so I'm going to go there. Okay. Kids' booster seat fitting in the back of a 997. I'm going to go with yes. Booster seat specifically. Booster seats can actually fit in lots of things, but I'm going to tell you this story because it relates to my Lancer and the Lotus. You know, the Lancer's got those really aggressive Recaros that I love, Ooh, and the yeah. Lotus has yeah. the world's smallest seats. When I first bought the Lotus, we had normal size. I mean, honestly, normal size, looked like the size of a placemat, if you will, booster seats for my son. Fit in the FRS just fine. Fit, you know, down in the bucket seat of the 2 plus 2 of the FRS, but would not fit in the Lotus. And also, we discovered, won't fit in the Lancer. My wife went and actually shopped. I don't have the brand, but she shopped specifically kind of lower rent because they don't have cup holders and missiles. But but very simple, very small bottomed uh, booster seats. And she found one that will fit inside the aggressive bolsters. If you find one like that, it should fit in the 997, no problem. And those cars don't have a ton of room in the back, but usable room in the back, and you can absolutely get a child in a booster seat in the back of one of those. This is, by the way, the early 2000s gen. All right, last couple of questions from me from Derek Miller asking about what career other than a race car driver allows for the most on-the-job hooning? Well, isn't that a valet at your local country club? (laughs) Probably. Naturally, right? Sadly so. Watch Ferris Bueller's Day Off. (laughs) And then I have to tell this story again because Nick A. on Facebook asked about the car stories that transcend automotive culture. And he gives the the example about the 911T driving past and he's explaining to his friends about thinner glass and lightweightingness Mm. and the Volkswagen beetle that you know had the windshield washer pressure that was part of the spare tire so that's the the air in the tire gave it the pressure it was the vector in florida from the 90s i don't even know if this is true okay i'm telling it again oh yeah yeah there was drug running going on at high speed across florida but the guys were driving one of those vectors from the early 90s and (laughs) all the lights were off and they were wearing the night vision goggles to Mm -hmm. do it so a car packed full of drugs apparently the, the story's cooler than probably reality. Yeah, I'm sure it is, yeah. But they couldn't catch the guys because they were so fast. I think the story might be fake because they supposedly were driving a Vector that regularly. But well, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> the fact that the Vector ran? Yeah, that, there's well, that true. as well. Yep. Maybe not. But it's a cool story. And so they're driving only, you know, blacked out, black night, mm-hmm. you know, black car, night vision goggles, high speed. And the way they caught them was setting up stadium lights over the top of the freeway. And they somehow kind of figured out when they were going to come by and they hit the lights. <laughs> Which, of course, in your goggles, everything just goes white. Yep, yep. And they slid sideways and crashed, and they got the guys. But the, the, I can actually, find zero information on the internet about I'm, the story. I'm, hey, and we'll just write the but movie cool. anyway, just for fun. We'll just go, here it is. Yeah, Everyday Driver presents <laughs> the Vector story. Guys. And then we'll have a problem just sourcing a Vector and trying to make it run. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But it'd make a cool film. Like, it bring would. that back for hey, the high-speed chase I, and I the would new... enjoy. I would enjoy filming that, for sure. Yeah. <sighs> Anyway, all right, guys, thank you a million. We really appreciate all your questions, your social media questions, too. We're looking forward to next time. Cheers.
Geico presents unhelpful home improvement how-tos. A slippery bathroom floor can result in expensive hospital bills. So today, I'll show you how to cushion a serious fall by filling your bathroom with thousands of plastic balls. Just nail a piece of plywood across the doorway and dump in 2,000 multicolored plastic balls. You could try to protect yourself with a bathroom full of plastic balls, or you could get liability coverage through the GEICO Insurance Agency. Visit GEICO.com and see how affordable renter's insurance can be. I'm Rita Foley with an AP News Minute. Federal government worker Blake Murray in D.C. says he's pretty much had it with the partial government shutdown. It's pretty demoralizing, um, you know, and I feel like kind of a pawn in a political game and totally powerless. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi is asking President Trump to postpone his January 29th State of the Union address, citing security concerns. But Republicans say this is just politics, shutdown politics, a move intended to keep President Trump off the national stage. Going to prison for 20 years, a Tennessee teacher who took a 15-year-old student and ran for weeks prosecutor Dan Cochran. I think it's a serious sentence. 20 years is a significant amount of time. He's going to have all that time to think about what he did, the consequences of it. We asked for 30, obviously, but 20 is a very serious sentence, and we feel good about it. An employee and a customer at an IHOP restaurant in Huntsville, Alabama, were killed in a shooting that also injured another employee. I'm Rita Foley.